If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 238 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, podcast where we talk about living, working, playing, and existing in and around games, and we do all of this from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Jordan Lukomsky. Hey, Jordan. Who are you? How are you? Hey, I am doing well, you know, end of the year, always pretty busy, but relaxing uh, here and there, catching up on games. I usually do that a lot at the end of the year. Uh, so it's been a pretty good time. As you said, I'm Jordan Lekomsky. I work as an environment artist at a studio called That's No Moon based here in Los Angeles, where I work on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> where I work on stuff. Well, I'm glad that you are. How's the weather in Los Angeles? I like I I mean, I don't know what you is it cold? Is it warm right now? Because I know we've a lot of people are getting this cold, this like cold snap. And like a lot of folks out in the Pacific Northwest um got snow and they were freaking out. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that because being primarily from the Midwest and growing up in states that I've always had really cold winters and lots of snow. Uh, when we first moved out to California, we we're like, yeah, this is great. Oh my gosh. And the three years in, we're like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. <laughs> um, it's not, uh, honestly, it's not too bad. I mean, we've acclimated to the uh, weather, so we do think it is cold, but no, it's, it's uh, sunny for the most part like thir uh, 40s, 50s, it, it can get pretty windy, actually. It, it, that's been kind of odd. We don't have too much wind. In the past few weeks, there's been a ton of wind, um, and that makes it a bit colder. But yeah, no snow, not a ton of rain, um, which is pretty on par for California most of the time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think most people would love it. For the most part, I do. We just got to go back to... Uh, cold winter state once or twice and then we'll come back and be perfect cool so it's funny because when you see we're talking about the weather I'm like I know it's freezing because I had to go outside earlier um to well earlier tonight like after the sun went down and it was cold out and then I then I just looked at the I restarted my computer right before we started podcasting and 
apparently my location must have changed because like the little thing in the bottom right hand corner on my uh, on my machine is saying it's 79 degrees outside and there's no way in hell it's 79 degrees outside <laughs> I was like <laughs> I don't know where you think we are but it's not 79 it's not even 29 according to my phone is 25 so <laughs> um yeah so it's been real cold and we have a we've got like a snow advisories because they're saying that we might get blizzards starting thursday which kind of sucks and it concerns me because my mom's coming um to visit for the first time since the pepperoni pizza started um so I hope we, I always, I always say, I just want one good blizzard a year. I hope we don't get it right now um, because I would like to see my mother, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but you know, enough of the weather forecast, I guess. So we're going to start with our usual, what we're playing, what we're reading and what we're drinking. Um, and Jordan, we'll start with you. What are you playing? I am playing um a few not new games but new in that we've just started them um so one me and my partner started playing the co-op portion of tiny tina's wonderlands uh we literally just started a few days ago and we really enjoyed playing borderlands two and three i don't think we finished three but we enjoyed playing both and we really enjoyed Borderlands 2. So having like a fantasy setting Borderlands style was really appealing and we pre-ordered it and bought it and then moving happened and a bunch of stuff happened and uh, it got lost in our DVD stack. So we pulled it out and we're like, you know what, we should finally play this over break. Um, so we just started that and we're really enjoying it. It's super interesting to have that fantasy setting with both fantasy guns, uh, fantasy weapons, and just regular guns. Um, but we're also really enjoying it because one thing we didn't get from the trailers is that it's very, very tabletop role play uh, inspired, both in terms of the gameplay, the narrative, the cutscenes, how the characters are introducing you into this Wonderlands world. Like the Wonderlands itself is a made up location that Tiny Tina and her friends are playing as a tabletop game. So having played with our D&D group for about two, two and a half years, we're getting a lot of laughs out of all the jokes that we now understand. And some of the gameplay is different from Borderlands. Uh, it does have the regular levels where you go around destroying stuff. Um, but it also has a tabletop portion where you have these little miniatures that move around the map. And then you do encounters. So that's a little bit different from Borderlands. So yeah, just started it. We're not super far. But what we've played so far, we're really enjoying. Um, and yeah, the tabletop role play aspect has been great. We just didn't know that was such a big portion of it. Um, and then other than that, I am playing Pokemon Violet, which is the first Pokemon game I've played other than Pokemon Go and the original trading card game. Um, How are you liking it? I 
love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hold off on talking too much about it. uh, Okay. So I'll probably be talking about it. Um, But yeah, so far I am really enjoying it. And I don't know if it's because it's my first Pokemon game or what. I don't really have much I can draw or compare it to to previous Pokemon games because I haven't played those. But yeah, there's a lot there that I am enjoying. Um, And so I'm excited to talk about that one a little bit more. Uh, And then the other one, this one isn't new. It came out at the beginning of the year. We started playing it. And then right as we started playing again, we moved. Um, And we said oh we were so close we were really enjoying aspects of it so we should go back and me and my partner went back and started playing the co-op portion of dying light 2 and we restarted because we weren't super far in um and we've caught up now so our goal is to finish that oh fun okay all right i had to to look at my list and see what i'm playing so because i've been playing um lots of different stuff um well not lots but pokemon um i think i might have been playing when well, I, I think we were i was playing pokemon last time we well, last time we podcasted um yeah i was so a couple of things i'm still playing um that i was playing last time po- uh, pokemon i'm still playing harvestella and i'm still playing marvel snap because that game has its hooks in me um and that's my like latest mobile craze um, but I also started playing Marvel Midnight Suns, um, which I am really enjoying because, so it's made by the same folks who made XCOM, right? So when it first, when they first announced it, I was like, okay, so XCOM with Marvel heroes, got it. I'm here for that. Um, but then when, um, we started to see more gameplay, it was actually like Fire Emblem Three Houses with Marvel superheroes because you have a base that's the Abbey, um, and you build relationships with people uh, with the superheroes, and you get to know more about them. It's a lot like Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I am absolutely loving it. Um, I haven't been able to play as much as I've wanted to because it's the end of the semester and I have not been really allowing myself to play um, uh, big hunks of time of games uh, while I've been, you know, finishing up the end of the semester. So most of the, most of my gaming um, has been Pokemon and Call of Duty (laughs) Right, because Pokemon, I can jump in and do like a couple of raids or do, you know, like a Pokemon battle or two and then go back to and go back to grading Um, or Call of Duty. I can go in and play one match or two and then go back to grading. Right. So it's only like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time here and there. Um, But since grades uh, were due today. (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to hit video games real hard. As soon as I finish cleaning my house, because my mother's coming this weekend. Um, but so Marvel uh, Midnight Suns, absolutely loving. Um, I also have been playing off and on uh, Beacon Pines, which is a game that I actually kickstarted, um, uh, that I had actually kickstarted a, a while ago. Um, and then I had gotten an advanced copy um, so I started playing the advanced copy uh, and didn't wait for the and didn't wait for the full release. Um, 
And so it's a, it's what I call a cozy horror game. Um, so it's like more like visual novel, but it's got really cutesy characters. Um, and you live in a place called Beacon Pines. And there's there's definitely something going on. There's like people who are disappearing and dead bodies showing up. And so you, you're like these little anthropomorphized animal kids <laughs> uh, who are trying to solve this, who are trying to solve this, these mysteries. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I also started playing Dragon Quest Treasures, um, which is the, the newest kind of game in the Dragon Quest IP, but it's not like it's not like the uh, Dragon Quest, the old Dragon Quest RPG games, or their, or I guess their action slash adventure games. Um, and it's not like Dragon Quest Builders either, but it has elements of both. Um, and of course, because it's called Dragon Quest Treasures, it is very treasure focused. So there's like lots of just going out and getting treasure and fighting things and coming back and rebuilding your base. Um, so it does have like some of those elements of uh, Dragon Quest Builders, but not as build heavy as Dragon Quest Builders. Um, but I've really been enjoying that. I mean, it's it's not a game that I would sit and like spend. Well, I don't know. I, I, that's a lie. I was gonna say wouldn't. It's not a game I would sit and spend five hours playing because I have done that. Um, but it's it's definitely fun, and it's something that I can play in smaller in smaller chunks and be really comfortable with, but I'm still having a blast playing it. Um, and then the last thing I've been playing um, is the uh, latest Romancing Saga remaster, Minstrel's Ballad, because Minstrel's Ballad is one of the Romancing Saga games that I never played. Um, so uh, I got a code for that. So I've been playing uh, Minstrel's Ballad. Um, and it's, it's, it is a, a older like romancing saga game, but it's been a lot of fun because I like those kinds of games. Um, again, it is uh, kind of very treasure heavy. Um, so you kind of go out and explore and like run through caves and collect materials that you need. And then you come back to the city and then you do what you need to do there. And then you go out and you do it again. And I'm okay with that because I love games where you just kind of have to collect or loot or, you know, and craft and do all of these things. So these kinds of games are like right up my alley. Um, and so um, I've really been having fun playing that one too. So um, lots of crafting, gathering, looting kind of games have been in my, uh, in my gaming lineup lately. But yeah, that's what I'm playing. Heck yeah, I think I got a last minute Christmas gift from that list. Um, <laughs> it's always funny because whenever uh, the holidays roll around, uh, buying games is always very interesting for my partner and I because in general, we we really like the same things. Um, there's a few different things here and there, but whenever we buy each other games, it's always like, okay, so I bought this for you to play first so that i can play it after <laughs> i got this for you to play first <laughs> but really i got it for both of us so <laughs> this is a us game this is a us fine <laughs> oh so no that's cool though um uh, it's funny because i play a lot of games that you know i know a lot about um when i stream 
likes games that, you know, because I've been gaming for 497 years. Um, I play a lot of games that like, I remember like the first game in the series and I've been playing like the series for 20 years or 30 years or what have you. Um, and then um, folks will pick up that game, pick up a game that I'm playing and be like, okay, I really like that. What other games are like that? Right. So I started doing this short video series um, of games you might like if, right? So it's got like games you might like if you like Hades, games you might like if you like, um, I did one, God, I posted one today uh, and I can't remember what it is. I'm going to blame it on the drink. Um, it was games you might like if you like, what the hell did I post today? <laughs> oh my gosh. It, and I'm gonna tell you why, because it's not because it, it's not because of the drink. It's because I've been working on that, uh, video forever. A oh, golf story. So it's games you might like if you like golf story, um, was the one I posted today. Cause golf story was that game, that game came out five years ago. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast five years ago because it was a really interesting game. And I said it then, I was like, it's a really bad golf simulator, but it's a really good RPG. Um, and that's what it was supposed to be, right? Because when I first picked it up, I was like, so it's like a golf simulator because it that it was unclear of what it was, what it actually was. But no, it was an RPG that was based around a story about a golf uh, about a golfer. So there were elements of golf. Um, and the golf mechanics were pretty difficult because it was not, like I said, it was not the best golf simulator, but the RPG elements were so good. Um, the RPG portion of the game was so good that it kind of made you forget that the golf simulator part was not, um, at least for me. Um, and maybe it's just that I'm bad at golf simulators, but, um, so they announced, oh gosh, probably four years ago, three or four years ago that they were doing a um a sequel that was going to be called sports story where you were going to get to play different sports uh, and people have been waiting for this game for like three four years um and then finally last month in november at the like indie world the nintendo indie world they said it's coming in december that's all they said and people were starting to freak out like last week you know it was they were like we only got like two weeks in december left where's this game and then um Monday, yesterday, Nintendo came out with this thing. They were like, hey, welcome to this new event we have. And it's called the uh, Inside the House of Indies holiday event. And it's a five-day event. So they're doing videos, short videos every morning. And it's like an indie game advent calendar. Um, so every day they open up a door. Um, and behind the door is a video, right? So it's uh, announcements of like upcoming indie games. And then like so far, Monday and Tuesday, two stealth drops. Um, so this is, they're like mini, mini indie worlds every morning for five days. And I get so excited. So like the first one happened yesterday and today I like popped out of bed at like eight o'clock and turned on the TV and I was like, where is it? Uh, because it's like, I was like, I know they've got to be dropping sports story this week. 
right? Because that's why they were being so vague about when it was dropping, right? They didn't give it a date. Even like, it's like I said, as late as last month, they were like, it's coming next month. That's why. And so every morning I'm like, I'm just popping out of bed and like, you know, popping out of bed and I'm like, sports story. Nope. So my guess is that they're probably going to drop it on Friday because that's the one that people are like most looking forward to. They probably go wait to the very last day to drop it. But that's been really exciting. And I thought that was such a cute idea, like an indie game advent calendar where every day you're learning about like new indie games that are going to be coming next year. And then you're getting two stealth drops. It's like Christmas every morning. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I love advent calendars. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's just like the holiday spirit of like surprises every morning. (laughs) And heck yeah, that's such a good idea. It is. I hope they do this every year now because I'm spoiled. And I'm going to be looking for it every year. It's like, where's the House of Indies? But uh, yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, So by, by the time this goes up, because it usually goes up on Friday. Um, it'll probably be over. But if you you haven't seen it yet, I want you to go to the site. I'll put the link in the show notes. And you can open one at a time. And it can be like a little surprise, just like <laughs> just like it was for everybody else. Just one, but you get to do them. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you get to do them. I had to I had a hiccup. And it got stuck. Um, you, but you get to do them all at once and you don't have to wait. All right. <laughs> but so that's what we're playing. Um, what are you reading, Jordan? <laughs> I am still reading. Uh, I had to look over at the title because I haven't opened it in two weeks. Um, but I'm still reading The Dawn of Yang Chen. And despite my pause and absence from reading it, it's not to say anything about my interest or quality of the book. Um, but yeah, no, still reading that. I'm really hoping that this upcoming break will give me some time to finish it um, because I am really enjoying the characters. Again, it's from the Avatar universe following Avatar Yang Chen, the previous heir avatar before ang um but yeah between end of the year work deadlines and then i also got my wisdom teeth out finally um which took me out for a few days of just constant sleep um and some other holiday endeavors yeah not a not a lot of reading time but definitely looking forward to that cozy couch with hot chocolate over the next week that is definitely coming some cat snuggles um but yeah hopefully i'll have an update next time we chat it's funny because i just got off a call with my friend who i'm reading this book with and we just uh opened our gifts for each other and we both got each other books because we're both reading a lot of the books at the same time. And we're both trying to push each other to finish and read more next year. So uh, we're both gearing and ramping up for next year. So we both opened our gifts and it was, we had a few other things, but it was mostly books. <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, we didn't get each other the same books because uh, we had actually staggered it from the previous time. But um, yeah, we have a, chunk of books for next year so hopefully we can follow through 
good. <clears throat> so um, don't feel bad though, because I'm still reading the same book I was reading last time too. Uh, because other than doing like a little reading, bef- like until I fall asleep in bed, I've just been reading a whole lot of student papers because it's the end of the semester. So I had two classes for worth of student papers, student projects to um, to read and grade. Um, so I have had like no real time for um, just like I've had no real time for any kind of dedicated gaming. I've had no real time for any kind of dedicated um, reading, I get in bed and I, you know, read maybe a chapter and then I'm sleep. <laughs> but so I'm finishing up Amari and the Great Game, which I'm going to finish this week because I just checked and I only have uh, six chapters left. And the chapters are fairly short. They go fast. So that's like one one like one one sitting of reading if you know I'm just like actually sitting and reading um so um I could knock that out easily in a, in a couple of hours so um I will finish that this week um and then I have to um read our book group book that I am so behind on um but that's gonna be uh, I think that's it's fairly short so it'll be probably a pretty fast read um, and that's Lake Lore. And I cannot remember the author to save my life, but that was Lake Lore. It's one word. Um, and that's what I'm going to start reading next um, so that I can get it done. <laughs> Not that I don't want to read it, but I always feel pressure when I'm like on a, a schedule, when I'm like, I have to read, a, have a book read by a certain time. Then I feel pressure to read it. Um, so, but I want to, I want to get that done so that I can be ready for a book group, <clears throat> but yeah. So don't feel bad for not having read a lot because I haven't either. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I completely understand. I completely understand. Um, so that's what we're playing and what we're reading. What are you drinking, Jordan? Cause I'm looking at this and it sounds interesting. Yeah. So I am drinking a uh, Newtopia's chai me a river and i guess one sentence description it's an apple cider that i really enjoy but when i first opened it and drank it you ever eat or drink something totally expecting a different flavor and it's so wildly different that you're just like, oh my gosh, what? And you think you don't like it? And you're like, what the heck? Like, it literally surprised me the moment it went in my mouth and I was like, what? Um, and part of that is my fault uh, for not just reading. Um, and I think part of it, the title I do think is a little misleading, but um, yeah. So when I first picked it up, I just, I was like, oh, chai, alcohol, beer, this will be great for this upcoming podcast. And also I love chai, um I love cinnamon uh so I just grabbed it off the shelf and uh ran out to go check out um without really reading it that it was a cider not a stout um so very different Uh... flavor profile there so that was my fault definitely not reading that's not to say it's bad I used to drink a lot of uh angry orchards Mm -hmm. and I do like in general, I do like apple juice and apple cider, um, especially around the fall. So this isn't necessarily like out of the range of things that I like, 
But I also wouldn't say that it's anywhere near chai flavored. It does say it has like cinnamon in there, but the full description is fermented apples with cinnamon, chamomile, chrysanthemum, and agave nectar. And oh, it's it's good. But it does not taste like chai. It tastes like a slightly more spiced um, angry orchard. Like it is very heavily apple flavored. Um, Probably super sweet if they've got agave nectar in it and chrysanthemum. And that does not sound like chai. (laughs) Nope. The only thing that sounds like chai is the cinnamon. Um. (laughs) And like, it's kind of in there, but no, it's so heavily apple flavored. And again, not bad. I like apple cider. I like uh, Angry Orchards. It tastes good. It's just not what all I was expecting. I wonder, um, it's, it's interesting. If you, is are the ingredients on the label, is it back sweetened with extra apple cider? Is that why it's so apple-y? Because like a lot of times when they want to make a, a a cider sweetened it'll be part fermented cider but then they back sweeten it with just apple cider so it adds more apple flavor to it because you know in that fermentation process it tastes less like just drinking a glass of apple juice um even though it tastes apple-y right but then when they back sweet they back sweeten it with apple juice then it just tastes like apple juice um and especially if they added agave syrup to it i bet that's sweet sweet huh <laughs> it doesn't all it says is unfiltered um it has the list that i read off but yeah i'm not reading anything about what you just mentioned um but yeah for the sweetness it definitely is on the sweeter side it doesn't it tastes sweet it doesn't taste like i'm drinking a lot of sugar like there are definitely um sugary alcoholic beverages out there especially chocolate stouts um Mm. there are a few that i've had recently that i'm like oh my gosh this is definitely a dessert (laughs) um i wouldn't say this is the case but it definitely is a little bit more on the sweeter side than i'm used to but nothing not like drinking candy or dessert or a chocolate bar or anything like that Mm -hmm. Mm. Interesting. So I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I went old school today. And not that I have not been drinking this a lot, just kind of across the board. It is like a favorite, like it's like a drink that I know I will enjoy no matter what. And when I need a drink that I know I'm going to enjoy no matter what, there's a couple things I'll drink. I'll drink a whiskey sour because I'm always going to like a whiskey sour. Right. Um, and these are things that I generally have in the house that I can make with what I have in the house. I can generally make a whiskey sour and I can generally make a, a sneaky sneaky. I mean, other things that I like that I know I will always enjoy will often involve things that I don't necessarily always have in the house. Right. So like, I know I'll enjoy whiskey ginger, but I don't always have, um, the fever tree ginger ale, which is what I really like in a whiskey ginger. Cause it's not sweet, but it's super gingery and it's got a good bite to it. Um, so, but things that I will generally have in the house is like, you know, the stuff to make a sneaky sneaky because it's lemonade and sweet tea vodka. 
Um, and as long as I got the vodka, I can generally make lemonade because I've either got um, like bottled lemonade or I got lemons and sugar or like lemonade, Kool-Aid or something in the house that I can make lemonade with. Um, and um, so, and I usually have sour mix in the house too, because I'll, I'll use sour mix, like a splash of sour mix in a bunch of other drinks and not just in uh, whiskey sours or what have you. Um, but tonight I went for a, um, a sneaky sneaky because I had, uh, my favorite bottled lemonade, um, I'm basic is going to be the, the simply lemonade, the light version, um, and then sweet tea vodka, um, can never go wrong with that. You can never go wrong with that. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. And it, you know, and I'm, it put me in my happy place. It put me in my happy place. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I really need to try this because I love sweet tea and vodka can go in a lot of different things. Um, but I haven't had a sneaky sneaky yet in all of our times talking oh my together. Gosh. I need to have sneaky, have sneaky. to have a sneaky sneaky. You have to have a sneaky sneaky. It's very it's so easy. It's just lemonade um with sweet tea vodka. Um and you can put as much sweet tea vodka or as little sweet tea vodka as you want. Um, the one that I've been drinking for years now is from a distillery um, in Austin. It is, uh, oopsie, Deep Edie's Sweet Tea Vodka. Um and I really like that. And if you're ever in Austin, they also make a lemonade vodka, but you they don't they don't ship it because it has to be refrigerated. Um, it has oh. to be refrigerated, so you um have to get it there. And it is so good. It's like you can straight up drink it just straight out the bottle. I mean, not that I recommend that. But, <laughs> but you could, but you could <laughs> not to say that I have, but you could, um, <laughs> um, a, um, it's funny cause a, a grad student, um, brought me back a bottle, um, from Austin, um, when they had gone to Austin, um, and they saw it and they were, and because I always, you know, like I said, I've always for holidays, I've always had like open door uh, open door, like policy at my house. So people could eat like pre pandemic anyway. Um, and didn't have to, if they didn't want to go home or couldn't go home or what have you. So I always had, you know, um, big meals at my house. So people like know what my alcohol taste is because I always, you know, had beverages for people too. So, and she brought me back a bottle of this, um, uh, deep Edie's like lemonade vodka and it was the best thing and I have never been able to get it since because I don't go to Texas on purpose and uh, they don't they don't ship it outside of Texas they also have a grapefruit vodka that is really good if you like grapefruit so deep Edie's um like I said it's a it's a, a, a like um a smaller I guess distillery um and at least it was smaller I don't know how big it is anymore in Austin um, and those have been the three that have like never missed for me. It was like the the 
the lemonade, which I've only had once, the lemonade vodka, the grapefruit vodka, which I've had several different times, and the sweet tea vodka, which is a staple in my house. <clears throat> so, yeah. And if DPDs ever wants to uh, sponsor me and um, just send me and uh, send me vodka, I'd be happy to to drink it and tell people how wonderful it is. If it is, if it's nasty, I'm gonna tell them it's nasty. Sorry. That's what I'm drinking. So that's what we're playing, reading, and drinking. And this week, we're doing, we, we, I feel like we do this every year. Like our last episode of the year is always our, um, our favorite games of that year. So <clears throat> that's what we're doing this time. We're doing our, I think we said top five <laughs> favorite games of 2022. Um, and so, um, I have my list. I cannot put it in any kind of order. <laughs> and I also have some issues that I, I, I want to talk about when it's my turn. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, I want to start with you, Jordan. Um, did you put your list in, uh, in order at all? Or do you just have a list of five? What does it look like? Did you stick to five? All these things. <laughs> Did you break the rules? <laughs> uh, like we usually do. No, I, because uh, we usually do top five. And then um, whenever we do a top anything, we have like honorable mentions. So I have a top five. And then if we get to it, I have some honorable mentions. Um, I also don't really have it in a particular order. Um, I do think in general, the list and the order that I have it in now is in general, like, okay, these would probably be at the top of my top five-ish. This would be at the bottom of my top five-ish. But if you asked me two weeks from now, I'd probably like switch around a few. So there's like a kind of general order, but not like this is definitely my number one or number four. Okay, well, shoot one, shoot, shoot, shoot for one. Just tell me what one is. Not, not, not your number one, but one of the games. Yeah. So <laughs> at number five, I put uh, Extraction, uh, Rainbow Siege Extraction from Ubisoft. That one came out, I think, in February of this year. And that was one that I talked about last year. I think we did uh, an episode of like, what are you most looking forward to as well? And that one was on my list because it was a co-op game that me and my friends were interested in to kind of replace Dead by Daylight for us because we've been playing that for a few years. And yeah, I mean, I, we're not playing as much anymore. I think we're at the stage where we're probably looking for our next yearly game, but it was so much fun to play throughout this year and we're still playing it like we're not not playing it um and some of the updates that they have are a lot of fun some of the events especially some of the blackout events um where the lights go out and then it's pretty scary because for the most part i am scared by quite a few things actually now um growing up i was like oh yeah horror games and horror movies and now i'm the one hiding in the corner being like i don't want to play this anymore um so i thought i was gonna struggle with this game and actually i didn't uh struggle too much but some of the updates have been pretty 
pretty scary. Uh, and it's been super fun and interesting to play a co-op first person shooter game that can really go either way. It can go literally guns a blazing. We got to get out of here or it can go. We're going to try to make this as stealthy as possible. Um, and they have a good variety of different maps and levels. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. It was one of the games we were looking forward to. We've been playing it for a while. There's not a ton of updates to the game. Um, not a ton of events. And again, we've been playing pretty consistently throughout the year. So I think we're going to look for our next game soon. But at least for this year, it was a ton of fun for us. And we could either just really, really get into it and go for those objectives, or we could just play it after work and relax, which is, we were talking about this, and we're like, is that odd to say? Because, like, it can be a not relaxing game, but for us, it was relaxing. Like, oh my gosh, all these aliens are swarming us. Yeah, so how was your day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's uh, get these nests. Let's blow up these aliens. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good time. I'm really looking forward to Redfall for that reason. Oh, yeah. See, that'll be a good one that because it's it's squad based again. Um and uh you'll be able to to fight vampires. Um so I'm really looking forward to uh to Redfall. I'm going to have to find a squad to play Redfall with. Um because most of the folks that I play um like those kinds of any kind of shootery games with are kind of straight up into military shooters, right? So if it's pretty much not like Call of Duty or Halo, or I got a couple of friends who play um, Fortnite, um, they're they're not really into the the squad more squad based shooters. So I'm gonna have to find another set of friends. Not that I'm getting rid of my old friends. <laughs> But I'm gonna to have to find another set of friends that are also that are also into more squad-based shooters. Cause I love squad-based shooters. Um, but I usually end up playing them with randos or like occasional games with folks or by myself. Um uh if they're scalable at all. Because like I said, most of my friends, you know, kind of cut their teeth on uh on Call of Duty. So yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. But I'm anxious. I'm excited, not anxious. I'm excited for Redfall. Uh, yeah, this one's that one. That is one of the ones on our list to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Yup. Okay, so let's see. I'll do one of mine, and I don't know how to do mine. So kind of okay. Let's do this. I think I'm going to do them in the order that they released. If I got this order right, I should have double checked dates, but it doesn't matter. But I'm going to say my first one that was one of my top five games just in chronological order was Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, because I really enjoy playing that game. And I think I enjoy playing it. A lot of games um, make, make my list or go up in my estimation because of how I play them or who I play them with or what's going on like in the world around me when I'm uh, playing. And Kirby and the Forgotten Land was a game that I played with my kiddo. Um, 
And it was probably one of the games that she and I spent the most time playing together this year. We jumped around and played a lot of other games because we had we play games together at least once or twice a week. Um, but Kirby was probably one that we spent more time uh, playing together than any other game. Um, any game that came out this year, let's at least put it that way. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, probably. I was going to say maybe Splatoon, but she dropped off Splatoon pretty quickly this year, uh, which is weird because usually she wants to play it all the time. But uh, uh, yeah, I would definitely say Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It was cute um, and it was fun to play co-op and it had good puzzles. Um, and just the environment was 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 good. Um, and I had a blast playing and I had a blast playing with my with my kids. Um, so I'm going to put that down as one of my favorite. Um, and it is it I'm naming it as my first game but that's because I came chronologically because I can't put these in order uh one to five in terms of which one uh is my favorite and which one is my least favorite in that five so that's mine what's your second one well my number four was Kirby in the Forgotten Land (laughs) um we all played it for podcast and um I do agree with Victoria that some of it got a little bit of uh, repetitive at certain stages, but for the most part, I, yeah, I just loved it. Like you said, I love the environments. Um, I love playing as Kirby and being able to absorb the different aspects of these different objects to navigate the environment and these puzzles. That was so much fun um, and a creative way to use that character and their powers uh, I, I loved the main home base that you had and the little, yeah. um, uh, oh gosh, I don't know what they're called, but it the just reminded me of Dees? the, oh, I mean, I love the Waddle Dees. Yes, that one, but also the, the quarter machines that you put in to get the little toy, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. figurines that reminded me like, uh, going to the grocery store and being like, oh, can I put 10 cents in this machine to get this toy or this uh, bouncy ball? Mm-hmm. Um, so it just reminded me of that. And that was great fun. And you could customize your bedroom with those and the different mini games. There's lots of different mini games, both hidden throughout the world that you had to find, which was a lot of fun, but also in the hometown, like the cooking mini game. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so much packed into that game that I wasn't originally expecting or realizing. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, there were things that got repetitive, but there was also a lot to offer. So I just, I had so much fun with it. And <laughs> the, the, like the 80s style intro where uh, Kirby gets, uh, absorbs the car and then has like the bridge sunset scene with the music. And I was like, I have no idea what this game is going for, but I love it. <laughs> Agreed. It was such a good game. It was such a good game. All right. So I'm going to say my second one on this list, if we're going chronologically, I did not play it in um, this order that it came out because I only recently started playing this one. 
um, was uh, Devolver Digital's um, Cult of the Lamb. Um, and I always, so I didn't play it when it first came out because I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to play that because it's really not my jam in terms of what kind of game I, games I like to play. Even though I love the heck out of Hades um, and other games um, by Supergiant that also have that kind of top-down bullet hell kind of, kind of feel. But like my general rule is that anything that says bullet hell, I'm not playing. Um, but <laughs> so Cult of the Lamb got me, uh, got me because it wasn't just because it was that top down kind of, um, that cop top down kind of fighter like Hades, but it had, um, farming elements, right? So you had to, um, recruit, shall we say, uh, your cult members and you also had to maintain your your base right you had to keep everybody fed you had to come back and and plant food and um you had to to uh, like i guess for lack of a better phrase do sermons um to keep your your cult members active it's it's so weird to try to describe this um and it, there was just so much to it that was more than just fighting that it really just kind of had me engaged. It's the same reason that I like certain kinds of um, farming simulators like Stardew Valley, because you don't just farm, but there's other things that you can do when you don't feel like farming, right? There's other things that you can focus on and still be advancing advancing the game itself. Um, and Cult of the Lamb is very cutesy, even though it's very kind of dark um, because, you know, cult. And it all starts because, you know, you get, <laughs> because you die uh, and you're trying to appease the big bad uh, by bringing more, bringing more cult members into the fold. Um, but yeah, I really, I really dug that one. It was just, there was just so much to do that I could do um, to, no matter what my mood was at the time. And I didn't have to play for long periods of time. I could go in and clear one level or I could go in and do a little farming or I could go in and deliver a sermon and just quit. It's just like there were um, all kinds of like small things that I could do that really kept me engaged. Um, and I didn't play it, like I said, when it first came out, I didn't play it until it came out for the Switch. Uh, because I like to play a lot of my farming simulators on on in handheld mode um, and not on big screens. Um, so, and I'm more likely to play more of them if I'm playing in handheld. So when it came out on Switch, I was all for it. Um, so yeah, that was definitely the second one on my list. Yeah, we, um, my partner played that one and we also waited till it was on the Switch because uh, just the mobile aspect of it. Um, but yeah, so he started at first and then I started shortly after. So we were kind of playing a little bit at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to go back to it for all the reasons that you mentioned. Like there's so many things to do. It's a very quirky, interesting game. Like it's pretty dark, but it's also like very cutesy. Mm -hmm. um, 
<laughs> I had to pause because I was really surprised and it actually kind of upset me. Like, I was like, okay, I understand. It's actually kind of a dark game. It's a cult, like, sure. But it actually got me when, because um, I was watching my partner play at the same time and they were ahead of me. And we have to sacrifice your members. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to sacrifice this really cute elephant or this really cute sheep. <laughs> Um, so I had to stop for a second because I was so surprised, but oh my gosh, yeah, it's I love a lot of aspects about the game. It's not in my top five because I literally started it and then stopped, but it is one of the few that I've played this year that I want to go back to to play more. Cool. All right, what's your third one? Um, my third one is We Were Here Forever, which is the fourth installment of the we were here series, um, which I think, uh, I know a few of the installments are now on Switch, but primarily uh, me and my partner are playing on Steam and most of their games are available on Steam. Again, a few on Switch. I'm not sure if any on PlayStation, Xbox, but yeah, it's definitely kind of that escape room vibe where you each are seeing and doing your own thing and you have to describe what's happening because each of your puzzles are connected and interact with each other so it's a really fun puzzle environment um engagement type of game uh and we've played the previous three this was one of the games that i was looking forward to the most this year and it was a surprise because I mean, they made the first three and were silent for a while. So we're like, are they going to make a fourth one? Are they going to make a fourth one? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we're making a fourth one. And it comes out in like a month. And I was like, what? So we were super looking forward to that. We finished it in about a weekend. But I, uh, I just love that we were here games so much. I wish there was more co-op uh, puzzle games in that type of uh, experience but in the meantime we'll wait for their fifth installment which I think they're making they do have a storyline they do have characters I don't know if I follow that part too well <laughs> I know there's a king and some princesses and a jester <laughs> that had a curse and there's people that are mad and then they killed each other there's stuff going on um and it's how it all goes together is a whole nother story huh um and i'm sure if we played the games now like from start to finish we would understand it more but because we started playing it uh when the second one came out it's been a few years between each of the installments and they're pretty short games they're not i think they're around six to eight hours so we don't re really remember everything that happens in the previous ones. But yes, all the games are connected, at least lore-wise. And I feel like they're really ramping up to something because there's a lot more lore in this one. There's a lot more cinematics. But uh, yeah, we were here forever. Love that game. Oh, cool. I've seen, I watched um, actually a friend who uh, used to stream on Mixer um play I want to say it was like the second or the third one in the series with her husband um like on stream 
And I was like, that seems like a really cool game. But it was it was like the only person I have to play couch co-op games with uh, most of the time is my kid. And it was not something that she and I would have done um, well together because she was super young at the time. And we recently started playing It Takes Two together. Um, and it just like occurred to me when we were playing that, you know, she's 14 now. So she's old enough to start playing those kinds of games. Um, like with me and do them well and not be like the kid that like tries to sabotage everything or gets frustrated and like I'm quit um, <laughs> uh, because we had a blast playing um, we played like half I think of It Takes Two together so far or about halfway through and we had an absolute blast um, so I'm really looking forward to to being able to play more um, cause I really enjoy playing games with my kid. I'm sorry. I think more people should play games with their children. Um, and I'm looking forward to playing more kinds of, uh, co-op games, especially games like that, that you have to play co-op. Otherwise you are not going to pass, um, because it doesn't give you the, the, the leisure of, of just kind of bullshitting around for lack of a better phrase. Um, so yeah, cool. Um, that was your third one, right? That was correct. Yeah. Okay. So my third one would be um, Square Enix's Harvestella. Um, and Harvestella, for those who don't know, is a JRPG um, with farming simulator elements. Um, and it is one that, um, I had never played a Rune Factory game until Rune Factory 5. And so I was like, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, and Harvestella is what I wanted Rune Factory 5 to be. Um, it is not a full RPG. It is not a full farming simulator, but it takes elements of both and makes this kind of hybrid genre, uh, genre where one feeds the other, right? So you use the food that you grow to make food that you can then use to kind of um, feed yourself, power yourself, buff yourself for the RPG, like fighting elements. And then you go out and you fight things and you get mats from fighting things and gathering while you're out fighting to bring back, um, to bring back, uh, in and, uh, make more food, right? So one element feeds the other. Um, so yeah. That's uh that was definitely my number three, um, just chronologically. Um, and I'm still playing it because <laughs> I'm not finished. It's it's a lot longer than I thought it was gonna be. Cause I think of like those kinds of games that I think that they're gonna be generally shorter, especially like some of Square Enix's uh like shorter RPGs or smaller RPGs are usually not terribly long. Um, but when I got to the point that I thought I might be getting near the end, I was nowhere near the end, um, which made me happy because I'm I'm really enjoying playing the game. But yeah, Harvestella is um, not my number three, and I'm still playing that. But it's got to be one of my um, 
It's got to be definitely one of my top five. And I want to talk. Don't let me forget. When we get to the end, I want to talk about why I had such a hard time making this list. All right. What's your number four, Jordan? Mine is the Lego Skywalker Saga. Um, it also came out near the beginning of this year, kind of around extraction time. I can't remember the exact date, but it was uh, first quarter. And I mean, in general, I just love Lego games. They're so much fun. They're so relaxing, just punching all the items and they explode into Lego money and you upgrade stuff and you can traverse these worlds. Um, I've played not a ton of Lego games, but uh, usually a few every couple of years. And the Lego Skywalker saga, I think, is just so much fun because, I mean, you're in the Star Wars universe, so already a fantastical sci-fi universe, but you can play as the Jedi, you can play as the Rebels, you can play as the villains, and uh, obviously in typical Lego fashion, you've got all these different puzzles, which are pretty fun. There's actually some really hard puzzles in the Skywalker saga that we've gotten uh, stuck on, and I'm playing with one of my friends, so we're doing the co-op, and it they just do such a good job with the gameplay and the lightsaber battles. You can throw your lightsaber, you have all these blasters. Like, I, maybe that's kind of expected because it's Star Wars and sci fi, but just being able to play it in a Lego atmosphere is just so much fun. And <laughs> we always laugh at the cinematics where they throw in all this ridiculous stuff and Legos doing. Technically, what happens in the movies or shows, but obviously with the Lego twist of just shenanigans everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a Lego game. I don't know if there's anything necessarily new about it, but we're still playing because, again, Skywalker Saga. So all nine movies, very yes. long. Um, I think we're on movie five. Uh, so we'll definitely keep playing into the next year. I think we will finish though, just cause yeah, it's just so relaxing to jump on after work and I just love it so much. Good atmosphere, Lego, Lego vibes with mm -hmm. Jedi. Let's go. I feel like that should have been on my list now. <laughs> P and I played that P and I are still playing it together right uh, but we, we're no we're nowhere near finishing it we're nowhere near finishing it um and so the can I tell you like this funny story I don't know if you know this story but P and I were playing this game and we were streaming it one Saturday and so we're going through and she doesn't play games with guns um because um I never allowed her to play with guns when she was growing up. I don't like them generally. Um, and guns are just, I mean, she's not a, she's not a child of color, but guns are ridiculously dangerous, especially for children of color, even toy guns. Um, so she never played with guns, even in video games. Um, and she still won't play with guns, even though she's older now and she understands uh, like my, um, 
aversion to having children play with guns, but she's 14. So we've had, a, we've talked many times about like whether or not she would want to play a game that has guns in it and what have you. And she's always said no. Um, she's always said no. Um, even when we play Splatoon, she um, only plays with the roller. <laughs> she won't play with the guns at all. Um, so, but Skywalker Saga was the first time that she had ever played a game that had guns. Um, and so we're playing and we're, um, and we're streaming and we're, we're talking about it and she's, um, shooting stormtroopers, right? And she goes, it's weird. Their heads keep popping off. Um, and I was like, what do you mean their heads keep popping off? She was like, I shoot them and their heads pop off. I'm like, those aren't their heads, right? And then it, it, then I'm like, she's like, what do you mean they're not their heads? And I was like, those are their masks. She was like, their masks. So I was like, yeah, the stormtroopers are human. She went, wait, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I realized in that moment that when she was watching Star Wars with me, <clears throat> she was young. Um, and in order to make it more palatable to her, I allowed her to think that the stormtroopers were robots and not human because she would get too upset if she thought humans were dying. So it was, it was like one of those at the age of 14, it was like, today I learned that the stormtroopers <laughs> were human. Oh my gosh, that's a great, I, I do remember that one because I, I watched that and I saw that clip and it's one of the best clips. <laughs> like they're human. Wait, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like all, the, you think about all the things that your kids, uh, or at least for me, because my kid is very sensitive. She's still very sensitive. Um, That things that you had, that I had to allow her to believe that she like figured out in her own kid way um, that were more palatable to her or things that I kind of hid from her to make things more palatable to her. Like the fact that she played Nino Cooney, um, Wrath of the White Witch, and she didn't know until several years later that Oliver's, spoilers, Black Ears for 22nd, that Oliver's mother died. Um, because when we were playing the game, um, I played past that part and skipped it <laughs> and, and, and saved. And then she played what came after. So she never knew. Uh, because it would be, she was, uh, she was four at the time. There was no way a kid's mom dying. No, she would have been broken. She never would have played that game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah star wars was another one store troopers are robots <clears throat> <laughs> oh my gosh all right so that's your number four my number four is a weird one um and i Actually, um, the only reason I ended up playing this game because I'm so pissed off at Activision, Activision Blizzard King. Um, 
I won't say the only reason. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, because um, Victoria and I are always talking about Call of Duty and Cold War history. Um, and Call of Duty, the Modern Warfare series is all about the Cold War. Um, so when Call of Duty More, Modern Warfare Roman numeral two came out this year, um, we thought it would be interesting to go back and play um, the older games in the in the Modern Warfare ser- series, um, specifically and especially Modern Warfare number two. Um, and then play Modern Warfare Roman numeral two, which takes place three years after um, two uh, and see how the depiction of um, the Cold War has changed uh, in these games. Um, so it was a really interesting thing to do. Um, so we played them. We talked. We talked like back and forth while we were playing, and then um, we talked about it together um, while we played um, just multiplayer matches on stream and talked about Cold War history and how this Cold War history gets depicted and how. Activision kind of comes up with its uh, own propaganda to recontextualize, shall we say? That's a nice way of putting. Uh, that's the nice way of putting it. Um, the atrocities uh, and war crimes that were committed by the U.S. Um, in the in the uh, modern warfare uh, series, um, and it was it was really fun to do right because then um like i said while i was while we were going through and replaying the games and playing the new game i also kind of like went back and refreshed my memory on cold war history um which was really interesting because i had lived i was young um but lived through um a good bit of kind of the cold war starting in the 70s right so i could remember things like the hostage crisis. Um, and I could remember like all kinds of things like, like salt treaties and such. Um, but to go back and, um, look at how it gets depicted in, in modern warfare was a true nerd pleasure. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so I think it's not the game so much, but as the activities that went on around it, um, that made that really fun. And two, the second thing that I've really enjoyed is because, like I said, a lot of the groups of people that I play games with regularly play a lot of Call of Duty. Um, and I haven't um, really played much Call of Duty in the last couple of years. Um, so I had not been playing a lot of Call of Duty with my friends. Um, and because a lot of them were still playing a lot of Call of Duty, um, I hadn't been getting in the kind of gaming time with my friends and I missed it. Um, so since I had uh, since I had um, bought the game to um, to do the um, to do the project with Victoria, um, I had the I I had access to it right. So um, off and on, I've been playing uh, multiplayer matches with my friends, and it's something that I have genuinely missed to have that kind of bonding time with my friends. And I just wish that we had something that was less toxic, uh, 
to bond around. Um, but yeah. Um I I hate when I hate when uh when developers are assholes. Um it makes things so difficult. It makes things so difficult. Um so yeah. yeah. Um I want to say that the game is not my favorite, not in my top five um favorite in terms of a favorite, but the activities that have been going on around it, like the intellectual activities and the friendship activities that go on around it have been definitely my favorite and they could have gone on around i don't know five nights at freddy's and i still would have put five nights at freddy's in my uh in my in my top five <laughs> list, um if if that had been the case but yeah yeah that was my number four no that's super um, interesting because we've been this uh, uh me and my partner have been listening to a lot of history podcasts r- lately mm-hmm. um and he's really into history games as we speak playing a couple of them um so we've been listening to those and then talking about the games as well i don't i don't play the games but sometimes i watch and we talk about it a lot so yeah this year has been a really uh not i don't want to say new because we always discuss games and play games together but specifically this year we've really gotten into the history podcasts and the history games and talking about the overlaps and implications of those very mm-hmm. very at least we find it very very fascinating subject so no i understand i totally understand where you're coming for that one yeah it was and what and another part of that was the one of the reasons that uh we started talking about it i think or at least i started talking about it and thinking about it is that um one thing since i since i've been like we've been in the panini because it doesn't require require travel because i've been doing everything virtually i've been doing a lot more uh presentations um giving talks and like conference presentations and um being on other people's podcasts because i don't have to travel to do them because i can do them virtually so it leaves like more time and more um, energy for doing that kind of thing because instead of saying I'm going to go give a talk and I have to like fly out and you know the day before and then do the talk and then stay another day or two and then fly in so instead of it taking four days it literally just takes me the amount of time it takes for me to write the to write the talk and the hour or two that it takes for me to give it instead of four days right so I've had more spoons shall we say for doing more of those kinds of activities um and in talking about kind of cultural depictions in video games i um had someone who in all honesty and all earnestness um suggest that call of duty would be a good way to teach children history um and i was like no <laughs> no <laughs> That is not the case. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I thought it would be a good activity and probably a very important one to, you know, let people see why and how Call of Duty is extremely problematic when it comes to all things truthful or historical. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. I think it was it's 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 interesting to be able to uh respond to those things 
in certain ways. But yeah. All right. That was my number four. What's your number five? So the one game that I've started recently that I've been absolutely enjoying, I mentioned at the beginning uh, when we were talking about what you're playing, is Pokemon Violet. I am having so much fun with this game. Again, I can't really compare, contrast to previous Pokemon games because this is my first Pokemon game besides Pokemon Go and the original trading card game. Um, but I am having so much fun with it. I love pretty much any game that's on Switch that's Breath of the Wild-like where it has an intro and then it just says, here is our world, explore it. I love, I love exploration. I love exploring new areas, discovering new tasks, uh, meeting with new people, shopping, which this game, you can upgrade so much stuff. You can upgrade your backpack, your clothes, your picnic table. And then the picnic table, you can have picnics with your Pokemon. You can pet them. You can play with them. You can bathe them. You can make sandwiches. And I know there's been a lot of uh, talks and reviews when it first came out about certain performance issues like crashes, the stuttering on the animations, and the fact that the environments felt empty. Um, and maybe I've been lucky or maybe I got the game after a few patches. And I, I do see a little bit of that stuff, especially with some of the frame rate drops. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had any major bugs or crashes or issues. And yeah, I can see what people are saying in terms of the environments, especially when comparing to Breath of the Wild with certain areas. But I don't know. I'm having so much fun with it. I'm learning about Pokemon more than I have before. Like, besides the original Pokemon, like Charizard and Pikachu, I don't really know any of the new Pokemon. I don't really know the battle system. I don't know which Pokemon are strengths and weaknesses against this. So it's been an entire learning experience. And for the most part, I'm playing single player, but uh, me and my partner have played a few co-op battles. Uh, And I don't know. I personally think there's a lot to offer. You can just explore. You can fight Pokemon. You can pick stuff off the ground. You can go shopping. You can do picnics. <laughs> I I don't know. I just I love it. There's few games <laughs> that I like. Sit down. I'm like, okay, it's bedtime. I'm just gonna play 20 minutes a game. Like I haven't done that in a long time, and now I do that on my Switch with Pokemon Violet and. I, I just really enjoy it. And I picked the cat, by the way. I picked the cat. Green cat, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Spritito. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I know there's a lot of people have had frustrations with it, but I'm really enjoying it. I love it. I like the story. I like the characters. I like the battles. I like all the different puzzles in game. Well, not like a ton of puzzles, but um you still have to navigate the environments and learning the Pokemon and learning the different items and strengths and weaknesses has just been, yeah, it's been a blast. Anything 
environment wise, Breath of the Wild, I'm always for. But even that aside, just the gameplay, the picnics, it's it's delightful. I agree. I have been playing Violet as well. Um, and I think I mentioned this earlier, just in terms of like being able to just like pick up and play 15, 20 minutes here and there. And or sometimes sitting down to play 15, 20 minutes and like three hours later be, why am I still playing this game? Uh, <laughs> and it's it's been, and I, I think I may have been lucky as well. And I got the game at launch. Um, I, it has only crashed on me once. It has only crashed on me once. Um, and I don't think I lost anything because it auto-saves so frequently. Um. And yeah, I mean, there are like little issues with frame rate and like things with uh, like textures and stuff like that. But you know what? I'm sorry. The Switch is old. The Switch is five years old. Um, and yeah, there was this probably a lot to do with like, like crunch and people being forced to get games out when they were not ready um, and, and things like that. But you know what? Tell me a game that hasn't been like that in the last couple of years. <laughs> um, and 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 it's a funny because actually P and I were talking about this last night. We were talking about Pokemon, and I said, I think that a lot of the reason that we get so many people that are being so disparaging of Pokemon, not you know, outside of you know, things like uh like performance is because you have a lot of 30-something-year-old dudes who played Pokemon when they were five, and they want Pokemon to become the thing that they want to play now. So they're mad at Pokemon for still being Pokemon and not being Dark Souls. Oh, my gosh. If it was Dark Souls, I would not. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played Dark Souls, but I tried... Um... Oh, my gosh. forget the name of it. The other one that is Dark Souls-like. Bloodborne? Bloodborne, yes. And I loved the aesthetic. I wanted to get into the lore. I could not get past the first chapter. And it was so frustrating. Like, and not just like, obviously, dying a lot, gameplay frustrating. And that game had a really interesting death mechanic where that is how you partially evolve. But like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. No, I just, I couldn't do it. And it was, it was extra frustrating, not just because it was frustrating, but because I wanted to be able to play it. And I'm like, just give me a mode that I can play mm-hmm. so that I can enjoy the aesthetic, the lore, everything you've put into this. Like, oh man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think it's I think it's interesting, but yeah, I I'm glad you're enjoying it. I really enjoy Pokemon. I have um played Pokemon for a long time. Um and I remember playing Pokemon um with my then toddler sitting on my lap and insisting that I fight everything with Magikarp. Um <laughs> I don't know a lot about Pokemon, but I do know enough to know that that's pretty hard. (laughs) So I lost every battle whenever she was sitting on my lap, but it was fun for her. So I did it anyway. Um, But (laughs) 
because it was just funny for her to see Magikarp just flop on the ground until they died. I'm sorry, fainted. Um, but yeah, um, I've really been I've been enjoying it too. So I completely I completely understand. I'm um, about finished. I'm technically done with like uh, all three of the kind of countable tracks that you can do. Um, that have like things that you can like count the number of things, places you need to go, battles you need to have on the map. Um, and right now I'm just, for the first time ever, like filling in my Pokedex. Because I don't want the game to end. And I'm pretty much done. Um, I just got to finish that last path, shall we say. But instead of going that last path, I'm filling in my, uh, I'm filling in my, my Pokedex. And then I'll, I'll do the last path. Um, but really I'm leveling stuff up because I like the fact that they're doing the timed raids now. Right. So like every week or so, they're like, we have a three-star raid that is to get this thing that is going to be dang near impossible to get otherwise, or you can only get it in this game. So like they got Delibird coming up this weekend and then I think what next week is a seven-star Cinderace raid, um, which is one of the starters from one of the other um, games in its fully evolved form. Um, so I'm like, I got to get everything completely leveled up so I'm ready for Cinderace. And then I got to find somebody to do these Cinderace raids with me so I can get Cinderace. Um so yeah, I mean it's that's going to be the thing that even after I'm done will at least keep me coming back, you know, once or twice a month to find somebody to raid with so that I can get the thing that is um being offered during the raid. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I will say the one thing that did kind of throw me is the beginning is very long. Mm-hmm. There is lots of text. There is lots of conversations. <laughs> I'm like, as I was playing, I was like, I already went through three school days and you're telling me I did all this in one morning. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the longest day ever to get to the school. And it was funny. Cause I kept, uh, cause my partner got the other, uh, game and we were talking and he's like, yeah, I finally made it to classes. I was like, Oh Yeah. Classes, school, that's the first thing they mentioned. I'm almost there. <laughs> Ten hours later. Oh my gosh, I finally made it to the school. Um so and that's this is coming from someone that's played a lot of Final Fantasy and Square Enix games, where mm-hmm. they're notorious for very long beginnings and very long um cutscenes. So if someone else like me is also starting out, it is a long beginning. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about and go through, but once I got past that, definitely worth it. <laughs> worth it. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. And so um, my number five, um, is, and I talked about this one earlier and, and I talked about this one earlier, but this is going to be my number five. Cause it's going to be the most recent one is, um, Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, like I said, it's done by Fire Axis. There are folks who uh, have done um, XCOM, uh, which I also really enjoyed. And 
while I was in, expecting the game to be more like XCOM, it is definitely more like Fire Emblem's Three Houses. And I think that that's one of the things that's been most enjoyable to me and probably more enjoyable to me than if it had been more like XCOM. Not because I wouldn't have enjoyed it if it were like XCOM, but it would have been what I expected rather than what I was surprised by. Um, and like being able to kind of build relationships with and get to know the superheroes has been an absolute blast, has been an absolute blast. Um, and it's just a darn good tactical game. It's just a darn good tactical game. And the game is pretty. Um, and, you know, I really enjoy a lot of the dialogue. It's kind of uh, sassy at times, and that's not a bad thing at all in my book. Um, but I'm really enjoying Marvel Midnight Suns because uh, I just enjoy that kind of game. I just enjoy that kind of game. And I have a I have an honorable mention that probably lines up a little bit with that, but I'm not going to say what it is yet um, because those are my five. But do you have an honorable mention or so? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have or so. Um, but did you, you mentioned to remind you, did you want to talk about why it was so difficult to choose top five first or oh. after honorable mentions? I can do it now because otherwise I might forget. Um, it was hard for me to come up with a top five because I don't know if it was, if it's been just that we're year three in a pandemic and I am having real trouble focusing on things or if it's because we are year three in a pandemic and games have been being released with varying degree, uh, with varying at uh, varying degrees of, shall we say, completion. Um, some things have not been as solid as they should have been. But it's been it was really hard for me. Like in previous years, I won't even say like last year, the year before. I can't think of, but just in general, in the. 40 odd years I've been playing video games, it's been very easy for me to say kind of clearly, concisely, distinctly, here were my favorite games this year. This year had, was not easy at all. Um, I sat down to make, because uh, I was thinking about this list, not just for this, but just in general, and think about what my favorite games had been this year. And I was like, I have no favorites. Um, which is kind of weird. Um, and I, I don't know why it's not because I'm not, I can't enjoy games because I can, and I'm enjoying other games, but just in terms of thinking about games that came out this year, um, it was, it was difficult. And I think that that's probably why some of my favorite games that I talked about this year that I talked about from this year have not necessarily been about the games themselves, but the experiences that surrounded those games. Um, and I don't know if it's the games or if it's the ways that I'm feeling about the games or the lack of focus that I have right now or what, or, or what it is. Um, but I had a very difficult time um, thinking of what I would like automatically in my head label a favorite, right? Because I was like, I don't know that I liked anything enough this year to label it a favorite. 
which is strange to say after all these years of playing video games. No, I totally, I, th I think I feel similar um, because when I was making this list, it was really hard at first. And as I was making, I was realizing like, oh, oh yeah, I played that game this year. Because at first I was like, did I even play five games this year? <laughs> what? Um, and as we started making the list, I started remembering more things. Um, but yeah, no, I was asked the questions like, oh yeah, how have you as a gamer changed this year? What were your favorites? And both those questions were really hard because I mean, yeah, just kind of going off what you said, I, I feel like I've been in a similar situation where like I've enjoyed the games that I've played, but making this list was hard and I don't have a definitive like number one, number two, number three. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously pandemic has in itself just been a situation and an experience, but specifically this year, yeah, it was, it was, really hard and we even talked about like oh hey what are some things we could play and talk about and everything i listed off was 2023 so um 2023 hopefully is a pretty good year um but yeah i mean i've enjoyed the games that i mentioned and that we've talked about but no i i understand where you're coming from like it was it was definitely a while to think about this list and think about why. And it was definitely the year I think I've played the least amount of games. Um, again, as we were talking about it and making the list, I thought of more and more. But in general, yeah, just the least amount of games. And of the games that I played, most of them were co-op. And um, yeah, it was just a strange year. It was a very strange year. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you why, like why this year as opposed to the previous year, because it wasn't for me, my situation and everything wasn't that much different. But yeah, just. Yeah. It's been a weird one. It's been a weird one. It's, you know, it's, it's weird. It's going to be weird to go back, to look back in, you know, 10 years or 15 years and think about the pandemic <laughs> and what it did to like a lot of things not only like things that we think about just in terms of like everyday life but things like our leisure activities um and then for some of us <laughs> it's not always our leisure activities but their work <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep yep <laughs> yeah yeah no that has been yeah, we moved out to California and two weeks in, I was like, yeah, I'm in studio and two weeks home or two weeks in, like, hey, go home. And we've been home since then. So yeah. it's been so yeah. many words. I, I guess all I can say is interesting, but many <laughs> words. <laughs> yep. True facts. Yeah, so that that's why that's why uh that's one of the things that I wanted to just throw out there because it was a struggle. But eh. let's do honorable mentions. What's your what's your honor one of your honorable all of your honorable do whatever you want to do. However you want to do it. Honorable mentions. <laughs> um honorable mentions. I'll I'll just do all of them. Um one 
technically did not come out this year, Deep Rock Galactic. I say that as an honorable mention because they've had a lot of updates and they've changed a lot of things in this Mm -hmm. year specifically, both with their seasons and like how they update the game. Um, And it's one of the few games that I started back in like 2019, 2020, 2021, and that I've come back to to play with um, some friends. Mm -hmm. So not a new game, but in terms of their updates and how they're approaching the game is new this year. And I just think they've done a really good job of updating the game, doing new events, making those events fun, building on the lore. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, it is not cross in terms of your save data and your account It does not save across platforms or across generations. So that is one frustrating thing. I've restarted the game three or four times because we started on PC, then PS4, and then PS5. And I've had to restart all of those times. Um, But now that most of my friends have PS5 and it is cross-gen compatible, at least, um, I can keep the character. But yeah, content in terms of how it's updated, the new events has been lots of fun and one of the few games that I started a few years ago, took a break from, and then have come back to. So definitely want to give an honorable mention to that one. The other two, one is Against the Storm, which is currently in uh, early access on Steam. I haven't played it a ton. It is a management simulation game post-apocalyptic in which you're trying to build these towns and cities amidst a very rainy, well, at least what I've experienced, very rainy um, environment. Maybe as I play more, there'll be other environmental impacts, but in general, post-apocalyptic, very similar to Frostpunk, if anyone has played that. Mm -hmm. And I say honorable mention because I haven't played it a ton and it is early access, but it is one of the few games that I have played this year that I'm like, I definitely want to go back to this. And I didn't stop playing because it was early access. So there was a bunch of bugs or anything, just in general life, a bunch of stuff came up. So not because of the game, just because of my personal schedule. So I'll probably go back early next year because I do want to play more. Um, and then the last one is really strange for me because it is Dying Light 2, which I mentioned that me and my partner are playing now. We restarted. We played it earlier this year, uh, stopped, and then we wanted to restart because it'd been a while. And the reason that one is an honorable mention and is both strange for me is because I have never played a game that is so buggy and is so, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. Like the main character that you play, I do not like Aiden. I do not like him in terms, like he's just not a good person, but also I just don't think he's a great written, developed character. Mm-hmm. And usually, regardless of whether it's story-based or multiplayer, co-op, whatever, if I don't like the char- 
character that I'm playing on that level mm-hmm. and to that amount, I usually don't really get into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why this game has been such an enigma for me. It's a zombie apocalypse, but even though there's combat, it's very parkour based like Mara's Edge. Um, it breaks so much. I do not like the main character. I don't know why I enjoy this game. <laughs> but we enjoy this game. Um, we also get very frustrated by this game. And we have to stop at points. Um, but we came back to it. We're going to finish it. It's not like my top favorite of the year for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just fun to parkour, zombie apocalypse, co-op in this world and i wish i liked the character better i wish uh it crashed on us less but it is what it is we're gonna finish it and we're having overall a good time um and that's what it is dying light 2 i always wanted to play dying light either one or two but the camera is always so bad in those games that it instantly makes me violently nauseous. So I've never been able to play them. And it's hard. It's it's been hard. I watched a uh I watched a friend stream Dying Light 2, like the complete thing, just over multiple days, of course. Uh, and I was so jealous because I was like, there's no way. I it's making me queasy watching her play it. So I know I would toss my cookies if I tried to play it for myself. Um yeah. I wish they would like even offer like uh make it like a third person or offer a switch between first and third person perspective that might help. But yeah, the, the camera is just so shaky in both of those games that there's no way. Um, but I, I think it's interesting what you're, you what you explain because I, I I feel like what what part of what you're saying is it's also been kind of like experience based in terms of what's going on around the game and not just the game itself that's made it a good experience because you know you've gotten to play with your partner so yeah and like it's I, I could see some people making the argument that like it is more of a choice based game so of course if you decide certain things or say certain things like the main character Aiden is gonna say or do different things but his tone and the way he approaches things is so different and inconsistent from mission to mission and it's so hypocritical and he just frustrates me so much and i didn't get that same feeling when i played like mass effect where Mm. it is also still choice based where you can choose renegade or I can't remember, Paragon? Paragon. Mm -hmm. Paragon. And for the most part, I chose one over the other, but even when I switched, I still felt like, oh, this is Commander Shepard's voice. This is their character. Like, even though it's a different archetype that I'm going for overall over the course of the game, it still feels like it's them. It feels cohesive. And Aiden is just, oh my gosh, I don't like Aiden. (laughs) (laughs) But... I've been having a good time overall. So awesome. So I'll run through through uh my honorable mentions. 
Um, the first thing on my honorable mention list, um, I was torn between what was going to be number five on my list. Was it going to be Marvel Midnight Suns or was it going to be Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, <laughs> which is another uh, kind of tactical strategy game, right? Um, that is more open than it is isometric like the last uh, Mario versus Rabbits game was. Um, and the and but it's still really good, right? It takes place in that that Mario slash rabbits universe. Um, the rabbits are hilarious, um, and you have to like uh, fight different uh, monsters and fight on the backs of monsters and do all this stuff. And it is like turn based uh, turn based strategy. Absolutely loved the first one and really enjoying the second one. It's been amazing. Um, but the reason that I chose Marvel Midnight Suns instead of Mario and Rabbids is because of the um, kind of more narrative community building aspect of Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, if all things were the same, I would have probably chosen Mario versus Rabbids or Mario and Rabbids instead. Um because it's Mario and rabbits and not versus this time around. The first time it was versus because they were fighting the rabbits. Um, but I love that game. It's it's amazing. It's a, it's a strong, again, it is a strong tactical slash uh, strategy game. It's got good, solid gameplay. It is really pretty. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying playing it. I'm really enjoying playing it. So Mario and rabbits would be an honorable mention. Um, another honorable mention that did not make my list um, as my farming simulator of the year kind of game because I played it first last year um, on iOS when it was on Apple Arcade, and that would be Wildflowers, um, which is a, they call it a farming simulator with a witchy twist, but it's got an amazingly diverse cast. Um, and I love the story. Um, and we, um, you know, we uh, interviewed the, uh, the um the founder um on the podcast uh a while back um and at the time they had no plans for like doing updates or expansions or what have you um and the game just once it hit consoles it just kind of took off um and now they're doing they're doing updates they have their first update um like substantive update like narrative update with new mechanics um, and new content coming this week um, and they have plans for more so um, but the reason they didn't make my list is because I didn't the, I didn't play it for the first time in 2022 I played it for the first time in 2021 um, uh, other things that made my there's two more I'm gonna go fast uh, one of the other things that made my honorable mention list is is a mobile game Marvel Snap I guess I'm in a Marvel mood this year um, which is a card-based, um, a card-based game that takes place in the Marvel Marvel universe. You have Marvel uh, superheroes, Marvel villains that have different abilities. It's like Hearthstone with Marvel characters. Um, absolutely love it, and it, it kills my phone battery almost every day. And then the last thing that uh, is on my list didn't make my list because as like favorite favorite, um, it isn't also another game that's in early access. Um, done by a single person development team. It's Dinkum, 
um, which is a survival slash farming simulator game that is very, has a very uh, cute aesthetic, not cutesy, but it is, it is very cute. Um, it just, it didn't make my like top five, top five, uh, because it is early access. And when I started, when I was playing it and played it the most this year, it was very early. Uh, so it was also another game that was very buggy. Um, and it was buggy enough that it frustrated me enough that it would have kept, kept it from being in my top five, but those are my honorable mentions. So I guess there, there's some, I've, I've had some fun playing games this year. It just doesn't feel like it has been as notably, distinctively fun as it has been in, in other years. And like I said, I think that there's a lot of other things that are going on, Not maybe not just with the games, but I won't say the games are not to blame at in some small way. But yeah, that's what, we, that's what I got. That's what I got. I'm looking forward to a lot of games in 2023. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of games in 2023 that I am super anxious to play. Um, one of them is definitely going to be Redfall. Um, I gotta, I gotta find a squad, but squad based, but squad based, uh, shooter that where you get to fight, not zombies, where you get to fight vampires. See, zombies are my usual go-to, but I guess I'm going vampires this time. Um, and it's got a, uh, it's got a, um, a black hero, a black hero or heroine um, that has fabulous hair um, and is, you know, not a caricature or stereotype like the uh, black protagonist in Forsaken. I'm gonna talk bad about that game every chance I get. Um, I'm, is ever since the ever since the the designer like said in that interview that he had to give her a hip hoppy kind of walk. At, that game has been on my shit list and it will continue to be um <laughs> and the demo the demo came out and the the horrible things i refuse to even play the demo the horrible things that i've seen people write about the demo like including the fact that 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 uh that feeling that you get from his comment about giving her a hip hop kind of walk definitely comes through uh, in the gameplay and the demo in the demo itself and the fact that one of the things that you can read in the in the game's codex is her arrest record um yeah just lets me know I don't want to have shit to do with that game but that's one I'm not looking forward to for 2020 yeah <laughs> I I uh, knew about the hip-hop walk comment but I did not know about the arrest record yeah, it came because the demo, they released the demo early, what, today's Tuesday, last week, last week, the demo came out. Um, yeah, and, and the fact that they said that, that like, even in the demo, one of the early things, one of the early interactions that, that she has uh, when she kind of goes into the other space, the other world, the other universe, um, is to uh, be uh, arrested, hand, handcuffed and be like subjected to scrutiny by um a uh, a group of of white folks yeah i'm like oh they just going all out with this shit nobody saw nothing wrong with it because <laughs> you don't have any black people in the room you don't have any black people in the room you know 
you don't have anybody, you don't have anybody in, in your in your design space, in your development space to say, yo, how about we don't do that? I mean, it's it's clear. It is absolutely clear. So yeah. That's that. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, there's certain games I don't have that I am feeling comfortable that I don't have to play. That and Hogwarts Legacy are two, definitely two of them. But <laughs> definitely two of them. So that's our list. Jordan, it's, it's the end of 22. God, uh, good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of flabbergasted that it's the end of 22. It felt like it was just the beginning of 22. But I'm looking forward to 2023 and playing a lot of good games in 2023 and being able to to talk about the good games that we're that we're playing either together or alone um and all of these wonderful things and I would like to say thank you for um for you know being around for 2022 to talk about it, these amazing games and sharing your experiences with me and everyone else. I appreciate you. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> always enjoy these talks and just a community of gamer friends is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. I agree. All right, so I guess with that, that's going to bring us to the end. I got to check my notes of episode 238. <laughs> Before I say something ridiculous, like 300, 3,000. I don't know what the heck I was saying that one night. I was like, I don't know what number. I don't know what numbers are. But I guess that will bring us to the end of episode 238 and the end of 2022, because our next podcast will inevitably be in 2023. Um, so until then, Jordan and everybody listening, have a great end of your year and a happy new year. And we will see you in 2023 to talk about all things video games. So until then, friends, stay warm, stay safe, wear a mask. We're in a triple demic now. And as always, my friends, game on.
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.